This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. On today's show, we're talking about some Marvel madness, DC suits, and we're talking about what to watch on Netflix. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is episode 83, and of course, that was the year that Return of the Jedi, Adam's favorite Star Wars movie, came out. Yeah, that is true. So this show's for you, Adam. I dedicate it to you. About time. 83 episodes, I I finally get my episode. You you finally get your own (laughs) dedication here. In my memory or on on or whatever. Well, it's I get if it was in your memory, I'd I think that'd dead. mean you were dead, and um, th- thankfully you're not. So I yeah. guess it's just maybe I am really tired, but like I, I yeah. guess that's not <laughs> that type of day. Well, you, you got to stay awake for at least another hour to talk to me <laughs> I about can do movies. That. I can do and that. TV shows. Speaking of which, what ha- what has been going on? Do you have any recommendations for us this I week watched, or anything? This week I watched X three. X-Men United, I got back in my X-Men thing and uh, wrapped that mm-hmm. trilogy up. Um, that was a rough one for me, X3. Uh, there, there's I parts I enjoy and there's parts that I really don't. A mm-hmm. um, lot, lot of character deaths there that I didn't think were necessary. A lot of character deaths. I think that's the thing that, yeah, that's the thing that got me. And, yeah, and I felt it was Scott. Uh, I don't, that was a, that was a pretty terrible death. Uh, Cyclops yeah, kind of cheated and there. The way Professor X went out. Yeah, was yeah, kind of rough. Yeah, too. Yeah, I, I I appreciate some of the other stuff that was done. You know, with the cure, I I, I think that was done well. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I I really I really enjoyed Kelsey Grammer's Beast. I thought that was. You know, two movies too late, but you know, at least it finally happened. Yeah. So there, there are some shining spots there uh, for me, but there are some rough, you know, rough edges as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also continue my uh, X Files watch, and I want to talk about that because I've been oh, just, yeah. I've been really enjoying X Files a lot lately, and. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, uh, I talked about We're getting about some it. real life X Files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't recently. wait. I've been thinking we might talk about that here because that's, that's really interesting <laughs> for me. Why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, X Files, and I know I talked about this last week, but it's just so, it hasn't really let me down yet through five seasons. So, um, season five has some really cool episodes. It, it's, it, it's, funny it's actually hilarious sometimes um but yeah i've i've been really really enjoying x-files lately so. that's what Fantastic. i've been up to what about I still you i need to check that out 
Um, well, I've been continuing my Game of Thrones rewatch. I'm okay. at the end of season one and I just I forgot like how well done season one is, especially if you're coming from a place of having seen the whole series and then going back and watching season one and, and just how everything ties together and um, just all the foreshadowing unknowingly. <laughs> that that happens in season one um the, the viewer you know didn't realize it at the time i didn't realize it at the time but right. it, it's right. just such a great season um and so I, i've really been enjoying that and and then we um we actually purchased raya and the last dragon recently and of course like just like with wonder woman 1984 i, I bought it on voodoo and then the next day it was on hbo max so <laughs> we bought raya and then like two days later it was on disney plus so, now that one um, has been i don't even know what version for a long time that it was coming on yeah June yeah fourth i know I, <laughs> so that one was on all on you <laughs> that's on me but some of some of them i feel like okay yeah this this movie deserves for me to own it no you know i totally i, mean? I, I, I totally there's agree certain and I actually, movies that yeah, i still want yeah. you know right right and i feel um, this is one of them because sydney's going to want to rewatch it a hundred oh, times sure, sure. um it's it's really good yeah, yeah and you know we we, we talked to ro and I, uh, from scare scuttlebutt a few weeks ago when he was on with the indie and you know he i, mm-hmm. I forget if this is on the show that he mentioned this or not but you know, he talked to me because he's a huge uh proponent of uh, physical media and and stuff like that. Physical so, media, yeah, maybe yeah. that's a, a show we can have uh, some time down the road. You're talking about physical media versus streaming versus digital, um, all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like I totally, that idea for a show. I think I that's totally, a great idea. Yeah, I totally agree, and I I I feel like I need to get back on, you know, back. Cause I feel like I've been just getting lazy with stuff and just streaming, and I feel like I need to get back mm-hmm. on the uh ownership of physical media too and to be fair there haven't been a whole lot of new releases no, in the right. past year or so yeah. <laughs> for you to buy but um of ideas for shows like not even just in the last year i feel like i've been lagging on buying discs when what it I just kind of feel yeah, like I've been yeah. leaning too much on streaming and stuff like that so on streaming yeah I never rely yeah. on that stuff yeah that's understandable there, you know? Right. Um, you were saying something else about it. But show. Brittany also came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brittany came up with an idea for another show. She was thinking about, like, what if we took a look at, like, some of Disney's best animated films uh, yeah. nice. okay. and then look at the live action counterpart okay. um, and kind of compare and, and, and talk about that. So that was just something. Speaking of I'm future shows. but Yeah, this um, is a recorded production meeting. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> right just right in the middle of our show we're having a meeting <laughs> yeah. but you guys you're enjoying this i know you are yes, yes um you are but you we have do have a lot of news today adam yeah. so let's get to it sold out every copy tomorrow morning spider-man page one with a decent picture this time move conway to page seven there's a problem with page seven. i make it page eight and give them ten percent off okay. i make it five percent that can't be done get out of here All right. So uh, this week in the news, we're going to start out with some Marvel news. Um, We have some news on Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. And I did promise some Marvel madness here at the top of the show. We just got 
you know, just some more information about this being a very Sam Raimi film, which is something that Michael Waldron, who is um, was actually the is the Loki showrunner, um, and he's been involved in the process of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He had an interview with Vanity Fair, um, and he said they kind of had to start the sequel from scratch um, after there was a different kind of director who exited the project. What he went on to say was that it was inspired by a number of films, including Indiana Jones, who he thinks is somewhat similar to Benedict Cumberbatch's Stephen Strange, actually, which I thought was an interesting comparison. Um, and he teased this this film as being very Sam Raimi in an incredibly visually thrilling film. And he's going to be um, joined. Doctor Strange will be joined by um, Wanda Maximoff, um, Scarlet Witch, as well. So I think this is really going to tie into um wandavision loki spider-man no way home i, I think there's going to be some a lot of connectivity there um so yeah as far as that one goes continuing in in marvel we have some well i guess sony as well um spider-man no way home has been the subject of many rumors and theories over the past few months and according to collider's jeff snyder um as well as some other insiders um they're reporting um Basically, Snyder is reporting that he heard that William Willem Dafoe will be reprising his role as Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin for the film. And he will be leading the Sinister Six in this film. And other villains will include Jamie Foxx's Electro, Alfred Molina's Doctor Doc Ock, and potentially Sandman, Rhino, and Lizard. Um, so what are your thoughts on this, Adam? Yeah, I mean, this I sounds have... crazy. It sounds like madness. Yeah, I, I, I guess now's the time to come clean on this. Um, I've been holding off, but I am reprising my role in Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, you too? Yeah, yeah. What role? I, I, well, I, I can't say yet, but uh, oh, okay. it, it's, it's a secret. special <clears throat> secret. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know what to think about this Willem Dafoe this stuff. I mean, I don't know how much I believe half of these rumors. I mean, this is going to be like an eight-hour movie if all this stuff is actually in there, and there's supposed to be any type of plot attached to these instead of just parading them in and out for two hours, you know? <laughs> remember mm -hmm. this guy? <laughs> remember this guy? Remember this guy? Um, and it's like, it's just, there's too much, and I don't see how all of that can substantially in a in a good constructive way fit into this movie <laughs> so um i don't know what to think about this particular one uh i think he made a great norman osborn i wouldn't mind seeing him again uh but with just the sheer number of these rumors out there i'm kind of like eh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think we always take rumors with a big grain of salt here from a certain point of view. Um, but I do think they've been teasing the Sinister Six thing for a while now. Back with the Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Gar Garfield, um, they, they really teased that, but it was never really executed. And I think if you are going to do the Sinister Six, now is the time. Um, and I think this could be exciting if, if we're talking about a multiverse. Um, you know, we're we're talking about um, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're we're talking about maybe that tying in with this. 
Um, so I could see this happening where, um, you know, we we revisit these characters through that multiverse somehow. So I, I think that it it could go along with the story and not just be thrown in there for, you know, what's in giggles, but um, but have some kind of actual relevance to the story for it to be in there you know um it so could. i it could i would be excited if this was true it would be kind of cool but but I, I also get what you're saying i get nervous i get nervous with this stuff i mean it, mm -hmm. it's starting to feel like too much and i think that's what happens with spider-man movies sometimes in particular it seems like it <laughs> seems like after two or three movies they're just parading bad guys in and out <laughs> it's like yeah, like Spider-Man 3, for example. Yeah, yeah. They kind of did the same thing with the second Amazing Spider-Man with Electro and the through... Mm-hmm. It, it just... Sometimes it feels like it's too much, and... You know, this, this, just the sheer number of these rumors lately has just made me think that... You know, it, it's almost like... It's almost like we're going character by character from the original trilogy. And it's just like, this guy is coming back. This guy, and now, now Willem Dafoe's coming back. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, would I like to see him back? Absolutely. I, I think he, I think he was great, but it's just, I don't know. It makes me nervous. Yeah. I guess I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, with you being excited, I totally get that because Willem Dafoe was incredible and I would like to see him you know, back in, in that role. So certainly, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and then we have another update on, um, Thor love and thunder. It officially wrapped, um, production this week. And we got an image of, um, Chris Hemsworth's giant arms. Um, yeah, along with Taiko Watiti, <laughs> who maybe he's playing Korg again, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. I, I would um yeah but he's got the hair back he's got he's got the arms you know he's looking huge so this is what i was when we when i was watching Endgame, mm -hmm. um i was hoping that thor would somehow magically transform into this thor again in that movie because i was not a huge fan of bro <laughs> thor um but this is the thor that i want to see and i'm excited about and you know so i I'm really looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder, which is going to be coming out on May 6th, 2022. So very excited about this one. Yeah, um, this is kind of uh, this article that you shared here. It's kind of built as the craziest thing that uh, Taika has done. And that, I don't know that that's that's kind of wild knowing some of the stuff that Taika has done after, you know, watching like what we do in the shadows and that type of stuff. Um, I don't know. I know that you loved uh, the Ragnarok. I had a mm -hmm. little mixed feelings on Ragnarok, and if this is crazy with TD, like, cranked up a notch, I don't know. <laughs> have to buckle up and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's... Any way you slice it, he's a great filmmaker yeah, and yeah. you know he does go a little bit on the crazy side sometimes but but uh he's he's i'm looking forward to it either way yeah um and moving on from marvel we're actually going to jump over to dc and talk about a couple suit reveals in dc we're talking about the batman first and talking about um characters and actors coming back to play roles um michael keaton is reprising his role as batman 
um, in the Flash um, movie directed by Andy Muschietti. Muschietti, maybe? I don't know. I'm trying my best at that. Um, but the director did um, share an image on Instagram of Michael Keaton's Batman suit, which is very reminiscent of the original suit he wore, and it has some blood on it this yep. time as yep. well. Um, all I will say about that so. is uh, we talked about this a little few weeks ago. Go back and watch the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie on HBO Max because it's starting to feel more and more like that might be relevant. Hey, I'm out of school for the summer, so I think I'm going to have to start watching some of those things. Flashpoint Paradox. Um, so get me ready. Yep. I'll check it out. And uh, The Flash is currently set for a November 4th, 2022 release. And continuing in DC, um, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is um, production is still going on in Atlanta. And director David F. Sandberg took to Twitter to share a brief teaser of the upcoming DC sequel. And the video offers the first footage of Zachary Levy's, however you say his name, I'm struggling with it right right now, Zachary Levi's (laughs) return as (laughs) as Shazam. There is a new upgraded suit. Um, And so just another another DC suit. Um, It does. It does. So. Yeah, so we'll get we're gonna get another Shazam. I really enjoyed um, the first Shazam movie. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, I thought it was like a great combination mm-hmm. of like fun and humor and good storytelling and good action. Um, I had a lot of fun with that one. So yeah, perfect role for Zachary Levi. Is why I love Zachary Levi. Um, you know, back from his days as, as Chuck on the NBC. Mm-hmm. Comedy that was an incredible show, and I love following his work. And like you said, Shazam was just a lot of fun. It was great. It was perfect role for for him. And looking forward to the second one. Yeah, I I agree. I'm with you on that. We're gonna jump to some gaming news here. We have um, E3's schedule was revealed recent this week. Um, and it's going to take place over the weekend of June 12th. Um, so Saturday, June 12th through Tuesday, June 15th. Um, anything jump out at you in terms of this schedule, Adam? I know you're more familiar with these different, um, production studios, game studios and everything than I am. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Tuesday the 15th is, uh, the Nintendo... Direct in Treehouse, which I usually check out. Um, always like to check out some of the pressers, like the Xbox stuff. Uh, Sony, I believe, is skipping these shows now. Uh, mm-hmm. So, wouldn't expect it. I actually, I, I think the big conventions like these are kind of, especially for gaming, are kind of going to be going by the wayside a little bit sooner than later. I, I think, you know, Nintendo's kind of moved into the to the realm and then Sony's kind of followed suit of going to these to their own like specific hype videos or you know coming soon video type things like Nintendo calls them direct I think Sony calls theirs like state of play or something like that I think you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot more of those mm-hmm. lately uh, going in, in in the future and uh, I think these big E3 conventions or you know, stuff like that I think those are going to kind of fizzle out but um yeah, definitely check out like the Ubisoft is on the first day. 
Uh, definitely be checking out the Xbox and Nintendo, Square Enix. The big ones, I'll, I'll definitely check out and watch those. Yeah, and um, we, we're currently um, getting our news from comingsoon.net, and you can definitely check out the full schedule there. I'm sure many other places, IGN, I'm sure, um, if you want to take a look at the full schedule. The E3 website would be a good and place. And that's to... <laughs> coming up right around the corner. Also a great place to check out the E3 <laughs> schedule. <laughs> Next up, last week we talked about <clears throat> this deal between um, Amazon and MGM, um, you know, Amazon acquiring MGM for $8.45 billion. And I, I guess I was wondering about how this would affect James Bond and particularly thinking about you, Adam. Um, and John Logan, the co-writer of Skyfall Inspector, has expressed dis disapproval um, with Amazon owning 50% of the James Bond franchise. He worries that it might hurt the future of the franchise in terms of creative direction. Um, he said that <clears throat> this iconic character has stood the test of time due to the care and love that the Broccoli slash Wilson family have poured into developing the franchise. Um, so he, he's kind of worried. Do you share his worries? Uh, yes and no. Um, Yes, because I, I can, I definitely see where it's coming from. You know, corporation, big companies, corporations like Amazon or you know Netflix or whatever, you know, buy into these franchises. It's always concerning because you know, like, I I know Netflix has touched stuff that I have been a big fan of, and I wasn't really a huge fan of their interpretation. You know, them redoing it. I know people have those feelings about you know Disney and and things like that. Um, so mm -hmm. I absolutely understand where he's coming from there. Um, I, I'll I'll say that the the, the the broccoli family hasn't always been the best for Bond either. So uh, it, it's yeah. kind of like you know six six of one, half a dozen of another in, in that in that regard. So um, Amazon's also done some pretty <laughs> decent stuff uh, with their streaming services, and you know they're pouring a ton of money into Lord of the Rings, and I know there's some reservations about that, but um, I, I, I mean, I, I have seen some stuff on Amazon that I thought was excellent, especially in the, in this realm, you know, with like the uh, oh the it was Jack Ryan on Amazon I thought was really well done. Uh, so you, you know, I, I I think that they're capable. Um, I kind of feel okay with it but I totally see what he means by that. Let me ask you this, now, Adam. The other thing, um, the other thing is, with, sorry, before you ask that, the other thing is, I don't think that this mm -hmm. means that James Bond is going to be an Amazon exclusive streaming th thing going forward. I don't, that's not what I think is happening here. Sure. Um, sure. And I, I believe that, you know, like Disney, when they buy things like Star Wars or Marvel, they still leave a, a, a pretty good chunk of creative control in, you know, in Marvel or in Lucasfilm. Um, so I don't think mm -hmm. that that means that Amazon is going to be, you know, producing this stuff in-house or anything like that, or it's going to be their show. Now. So I, I, I don't think that's what's happening here. So but go ahead. Sorry, you were going to ask something. Yeah. Well, it, it just this James Bond conversation just made me think of the future of the franchise and this being Daniel Craig's last film. Um, do you think they're going to go the direction of maybe having a, a female 007 
agent um, going forward, or maybe even African American or African American female. Um, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yes, one of the characters I've seen in the trailers, you know, mm-hmm. and it might go in that direction. Yeah, I I, I feel like that's what's yeah. Gonna so happen. just something I was curious about, and I don't know that it's going to be. I, I I don't know that it would be, it would be 007. I I think that it would be maybe a different designation, double O, you know, whatever mm-hmm. whatever number they haven't used yet. Um, or I guess they can reuse it, but I don't think it would be a 007 or, you know, that type of thing. I, I think that we'll follow a new agent and, you know, maybe that leaves the door open for them to do more stuff. So, you know, so you maybe have the mainline stuff that continues like that story that Daniel Craig has started. And I think will be picked up by someone else, uh, um, after this movie. I think that story can continue and then you can still have like legacy bond stories, 007 stories that can be created and, you know, still packaged and sold as well. So I think you can have the best of both worlds. I actually really like that idea. I think that would be a good way to go about it for sure. I think it would be, yeah, I Um, I think it would actually be cool. And like if I were in charge, (laughs) um, (laughs) what I would I, I would continue that kind of more current feel uh, with the, with the new agent. And I would kind of go with like a retro spy show, or not show, but even films or something like that, and have them you know set in like the '60s or you know '50s that type of thing, and have that be your 007, and you know kind of do like a classic feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be cool as well. And as always, thanks for sharing your thoughts on Bond. You're the resident Bond expert here at from a certain point of view, so. I Um, wear that with pride. And moving on to our last article for this week, our last bit of news, we're talking about Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He um, sent out a tweet the other day um, on June 1st, actually, that says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, August 11th, 2023. um, Leo takes notes like I used to. And we get an image of, um, you know, Leo's notes, Leonardo, August 11th, 2023, Science One. Um, he's obviously in class. He's, t- he's taking notes. Um, and, you know, we see some scribbles. We see a sword with the words honor and loyalty above and below them. You know, some definite Leonardo type words um, being a leader as he is. Um, he also makes that S that everybody used to make in high school <laughs> <laughs> in, in his notes as well. Um, yeah. It's kind of like that backwards S thing that everybody used to make. Yeah, with that three um, one. Yeah. So this is going to be a CGI like animated film, um, and I don't know about you, Adam, but question for me: the is, best is Ninja the... Turtles we ever got were the original film and the Secret of the Use. Yeah, yeah. I also really liked that TMNT animated one that was like early two thousands. I think I, I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. The question though is this is the is the entire thing CGI or is it actually live action CG hybrid type thing? I'm pretty sure the entire thing okay. is um, CG animated. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I will always I, check out turtle stuff. Um, I'm a little jaded by the Michael Bay thing, so I don't know. Um, Seth Rogen is kind of hit or miss for me, also. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful, and we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm always interested in 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's very near and dear to my heart. So I'll oh, always yeah, for sure. be looking forward to the next thing. Um, Turtles was like I the do first think Seth franchise. Rogen really wants to lean. You know, I think like even, me too. even before me too. Star Wars, before um, anything, it was first franchise for me. So it's always going to be near and dear for me. Same here. I'm pretty sure the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Oh, cool. Um, okay. And Seth and Seth Rogen is saying here that um, he wants to lean more towards a coming of age story that really focuses on the teenage aspect of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I think is a cool direction to go with it. So, yeah. Yeah, that wraps it up for the news this week. And now we are going to tell you what you should be watching on Netflix. So we are continuing our What to Watch series um, this week. Once again, we've talked about HBO Max so far. We've talked about Disney Plus. And now we're going to talk about Netflix. And I don't know about you, Adam, but I had a hard time narrowing down <laughs> my top five. Yeah. I feel like there's so many good shows on Netflix. And sometimes I'm like, why am I still paying for Netflix? But then I was exactly. reminded by doing this I, that there, there's a lot of yeah. good stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I was thinking the same thing. And I've always I've done the same thing as you. Why am I still like seriously just drop the subscription and pick it back up when Stranger Things comes out again and then cancel <laughs> it again after that. But then as I was going through this, I was actually surprised how much stuff that I couldn't fit in just about five list. And so um, I have a pretty long or honorable mention and I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um but then That's I left out <laughs> I left out some stuff that I was really kind of disappointed that I left out and uh but but yeah I was surprised I was surprised how hard it was to narrow this down. Yeah, well hey, I'll let you start. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh I'm going to start with the uh, the darkest thing I could possibly think of. <laughs> um and this is not something you watch with kids. Do not watch with kids. Don't mm. start watching this with kids. It's not safe <laughs> at all. Uh, but the Black Mirror um, is, first of all, it's it's incredible. It's really well done. It's thought-provoking. It's dark as all get out. You will not feel good about yourself after watching Black Mirror. Don't try to binge it because it's going to put you in a really dark place mentally for a long time. I know I'm speaking yeah, from like experience. I can tell you that it took me days or a week or maybe two weeks to just get out of that funk because it really did it put me in a bad place for a while um but it's just it it honestly the way i'm talking about it is going to scare people off but it's actually a really good show and it does make you think about things in a very different way i would classify it as kind of modern twilight zone but um a lot more uh serious and a lot more um bleak <laughs> Uh, but it's, it, it is really, well done. It, it's, it's a, um, episodic style show, um, very much like Twilight Zone where you're not following like a storyline or anything. Um, there are some interesting things that they kind of weave in there that repeat, um, but it's not, it, it's not a serial type of show. Uh, so just, if you haven't watched it, each episode is its own story. They're kind of long episodes, uh, usually over an hour. 
Um, some of them almost like feature length, and actually there is a uh, a Black Mirror feature length movie that's kind of like those choose your own ending novels back in you know when we were kids. Um, but anyway, it's like I said, it's each episode is its own thing. It's its own kind of interpretation. Actually, directed by different people. Uh, you know, different actors come in. A lot of some well known uh, directors and actors pick up these these episodes, and. Uh, kind of give their own kind of take on modern culture and, and stuff like that. And it's, 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 it's really good. I, I highly recommend Black Mirror. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched all of it yet, but the episodes I have watched definitely made me feel quite depressed afterward, yeah. but it, it definitely causes you to kind of self-evaluate yes. and um, yes. take a look at the culture and, and just the, just human, it, human beings yeah. and what it are we you, doing and yeah, yeah. um it know. makes you think about things in ways that you didn't think about them before that's a hundred percent what it does and if you can get past that yeah. first episode you can watch any of them uh the first episode is probably the the most difficult to watch uh, and you'll know why when you i would agree it. <laughs> but uh, um but if you can get it like it, like you said it really does make you think about things in a very different way mm-hmm so yeah, I'm with you on that. I enjoy Black Mirror, and I'm gonna go with, um, you know, the the show that, man, it's got to be my favorite show on Netflix. It's it's got to be one of my favorite shows of all time. Stranger Things. Adam, I'm sorry, I stole it from you. Probably. No, that's fine. Um, freed up a couple of extra spots for me. You know, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Um, but but Stranger Things, the first time, the first time I found out this was coming out and I saw some of the previews. I was like, Oh, that looks kind of cool. It looks like it has some eighties vibes to it and a little bit spooky, you know, maybe some scary horror elements. Um, and I started watching this show and I was blown away. Like I, I watched this first season maybe three times, yeah. um, all in the same period of time. Like I, 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 I just, and I can't wait for season four. Um, yeah. It's such a great show, and I love revisiting it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is a popular opinion, but I think that that show has actually gotten better uh, with each season that comes. Like, I, um, I don't think th- that I don't think that season two was under you know, underwhelming. I think it actually built on that lore, and I think it expanded it perfectly well. And I think the same thing happened with season three. But I've actually enjoyed it mm-hmm. even more as it went along. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. And I've loved all the seasons and season three. Like I felt like, yeah, like it just keeps getting better and better. I really love season three. So, Yeah, my next uh, is a series called Turn. This was a, uh, I think I've talked about this on the show before a long time ago, though. I think um, so. But uh, I actually came to adore this show. This, I believe, was an AMC show, and I, I think that Netflix just kind of has the rights to it for right now, uh, streaming rights anyway. Um, but this is a show that centers around spies during the Revolutionary War, and uh, is based on a novel um, of the same name, I believe. And uh, there are, I want to say... Three to four seasons of this show, somewhere in that in that area, maybe maybe five. I could be underestimating it a little bit, but it's actually it's really good. It takes you kind of you, you start during the revolutionary time period. Uh, you see how 
Um, the main character's name is Abraham Woodhull. He, he kind of gets caught up in the spy ring working for George Washington and, you know, uh, getting information, you know, about what the, about what the, the Brits are, are doing and how they're moving and, you know, you know, what, what, you know, what their strategy is, that type of thing. Um, so it, it has that, that espionage feel, but it's a, it, you know, it's based in the revolutionary time period, which is pretty fascinating and it's extremely well done. Uh, great. At, the acting, the casting is superb. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember who plays George Washington, but nails it. It's an amazing portrayal of George Washington. And I, I really think that this is an excellent show and it actually got me much more interested in learning more about that time period and what was going on. Uh, so I've, di I've been diving into some, some books, you know, about, about that time period within the last year or two. Um, but yeah, uh, it's called turn and, uh, check it out. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting time period that I'd like to know more about. And I, for me, I actually think Hamilton got me even more interested in that yeah, time period. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will say that. Um, I think I so watched yeah, this after that, that seems uh, like watching a cool one. Hamilton. I um, think that's the reason why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, for me, next up is going to be Ozark. Um, what I'll say about Ozark is this is not the same show as Breaking Bad. I mean, it, it has a, a similar feel to it, um, but it's definitely completely different from Breaking Bad. Um, I love Ozark. I, I think it is just incredible. Um, there's three seasons of it so far, and I know they're coming out with a fourth. Um, it's really a lot about money laundering um, and basically... Um, and why the actor's name is slipping my mind right now. I'm not sure. Um, Jason Bateman. Hopefully I'll think of it, but it Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. It, yeah. It's really about Jason Bateman and his family. Yeah. Um, it's really about Jason Bateman and his family trying to navigate um, this situation that they found themselves in. And it's really a, a show about family um and what this family is struggling with and trying to survive this really horrible situation that they can't get themselves out of and the drama and i did the, the dynamics the performances everything is just top notch and i can't wait for season four so i highly recommend ozark nice uh that's actually when i started watching and i just uh haven't had a chance to continue watching it but it, it did look very good when i started it so mm-hmm uh, my next up is called Narcos, and it actually has spawned a, at least one spinoff series, I believe. Uh, but Narcos is kind of a mix between documentary and drama, uh, and it, you know, it it, it actually kind of walks that line, it, like in format, also because it it is a documentary. Uh, it actually has elements of a documentary in it, but it's also dramatically acted as well, and. Um, it focuses pretty heavily on that dramatic acting. Uh, it tells the story of Pablo Escobar in the in the uh, in the 80s, a cocaine um, drug lord from Colombia, and uh, features. This is actually my um, introduction to Pedro Pascal as an actor. Uh, he he mm -hmm. does an incredible job in this. Uh, it's 
it, it's very well. I, I like I, it. Definitely takes liberties, uh, and the people that are in, that were involved in that whole thing in the eighties have talked about that. Um, so it's not like totally historically accurate, but it's it, it's very very good, very well done, uh, really good series. Uh, it's got a few seasons of that, and then it actually kind of shifted focus and and started looking at some other uh, drug cartels as well. So, um, but those uh. Pablo Escobar seasons are really good stuff. Yeah, and I, I think in, in in you know you mentioned Pedro Pascal, and of course he is in the Mandalorian. I think also the actor who played um, Cassie and Andor, and uh, names are not coming to me tonight for some reason, <laughs> um, but I think he was in one of the spinoff series of narcos actually yeah i um, believe you're right i believe you're what right. is the guy's name that plays cassian <laughs> i don't know why i'm failing when it comes to names today uh, but, um but yeah i think he's on one of those spinoffs diego luna as soon as you is diego luna yeah i knew as soon as you were would say it i would feel like an idiot but um diego luna so so yeah, that's that's a good good recommendation there. Um, my next one was originally a, a YouTube series, I believe, and then it became a Netflix series. And this is Cobra Kai, um, which is fantastic. It, it has you know, if you like that '80s nostalgia like I do, it has a lot of that. It, this is a I will say that <laughs> this. Um, show doesn't pull any punches and i i guess that's uh, a pun intended too for does it a show about karate thing? um it, it it's it doesn't no you <laughs> know, know. <laughs> it, it might sweep the leg too okay, but right. um but no i mean this is the follow-up to the karate kid um series and it, it's just so good i just i i absolutely love it um it, like I said, it, it's just pure 80s, like no nonsense, like not politically correct in the, in the least. Uh, it, it just it, it's it's a it's a great show. I don't know what else to say about it, but I highly recommend it. So my next is uh, Arrested Development and not for you know, back when I was talking about how, you know, when we were talking about the Bond thing, this is kind of what I was thinking of. The Netflix seasons of Arrested Development aren't great. Um the second one's better than the first. But the original seasons of Arrested Development are actually some of my favorite TV comedy ever. Um, this show was on Fox uh, back in the, I want to say, late 90s, early 2000s. And I wasn't a huge fan of it back then, but watching it again a number of years ago, um, it... I I actually this is one of those shows that I can go back and watch every single time and laugh at the same jokes every single time because they're so perfectly done and uh there are moments in this show that I still quote and this is another Jason Bateman thing we talked about Jason Bateman a little bit earlier with Ozark um mm -hmm. this is it's absolutely hilarious and I think it was a little bit of a a little bit ahead of its time on humor and uh, I think that's you know, kind of why it didn't it didn't last. Uh, you know, back when it had its original original run, um, 
But this is actually, like I said, some of my favorite comedy ever. And if you haven't watched Arrested Development, you got to give it a shot because it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Well, thank you for that one, Adam. I ha- actually have not watched you Arrested gotta check Development. It. you got to so, check it out um, because the way yeah. that they can weave a joke through an entire episode and, you, and you know, deliver a punchline at the end that kind of just just blows the whole thing open at, at the very end of a show and you can see how they were building up to this th- the whole time and then you finally get the, the punchline in like the final five minutes or something. It's just genius. So um, th- you got to give it a shot. It's really good stuff. Well, I, I love and appreciate those sort of things, so I'm sure I would enjoy that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, next up for me is a show that's only had two seasons and the third season is up in the air right now. But man, I love this show. It's called Mindhunter. Um, it stars Jonathan Groff, who, of course, um, played the king in Hamilton, as well as the voice of um, in Frozen. Kristoff. Um, Kristoff, yeah. I think. And uh, yeah, and it, it's just it's so good. It's it's about basically it's about the beginning of serial killers and, and how they defined all the terms. Um, you know, it's about these detectives who investigate these killings that involve multiple victims, multiple people over a period of time. Um, and they start coining these phrases, you know, like serial killers and, and trying to I- identify um, what a serial killer's MO is. And, and it, it just really digs into all that stuff and is really interesting. Again, I'm not sure what they're doing with with uh, with another season but the first two seasons are really good i've actually not checked that one out yet and i should because um well we'll come back to that when i get to my uh honorable mentions all right so my my last of of my of my top five i guess is uh netflix kind of like they did with the rest of development uh got the rights to make some new stuff in uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 realm. And uh, that's a show that I kind of stumbled across in my high school years uh, on sci-fi. And uh, it it, it took a little bit to understand what was happening because, you know, I'm watching this B-movie, sci-fi movie, horror movie, whatever, but then there's these little shadows down below, and they're talking over the movie, and I have to figure out what's going on. But once I got the hang of it, uh, I became an instant fan. And uh, Netflix, I don't think, did it perfect, but I think what they did was really good. Uh, I think that Jonah uh, Ray, the host that, that came on uh, for the for the two seasons that Netflix did, I think did a really good job. Um, couldn't ever quite get used to some of the new voices for uh, the robots, the puppets. Um, but the movies that they picked, I think, were really good. Uh, and if you haven't seen Mystery Science Theater, what I'll tell you is this. Basically what they do is they take really bad movies and they enjoy them through what they call riffing. And what that basically is is just making jokes throughout the entire movie. Um it could be about something that's happening on screen story wise it could be you know stuff about bad editing or bad acting or uh it could be about the actors themselves or something you know it's it's all done it, like it, it, it's done 
they're poking fun at things, but it's done, I think, from a good place. You know, it's not just absolutely just really <laughs> tearing people down or, or something. It's really done from right, right, a, a a place of you know enjoying these movies, you know, but kind of having fun at their expense at the same time. Um, so, like I said, Netflix did two seasons of this. The first one, I believe, had thirteen movies on it. The second one was called The Gauntlet. It had six movies on it. Um, there's some really classic episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 in this. The Netflix only did two seasons. They dropped it after the third season, which is kind of sad. Um, but um, they have Mystery Science Theater actually has kind of picked up and and crowdfunded uh, another, you know, another a comeback. Uh, another comeback of theirs um, because this was actually a comeback as well um, but there's some really classic episodes they did uh, Mac and Me which is kind of an E.T. ripoff from the 80s uh, they did uh, Atlantic Rim which is a Pacific Rim ripoff uh, which is one of the more modern mm-hmm. ones that they've done and like these are real movies that really came out you know this isn't them you know making these these are real movies and you know you, you watch the real movie and um, they always tell you kind of turn down your lights, kind of make it seem like you know you're in the theater with these guys and, and watching with them, and it's real. It's really a lot of fun. If you've never seen anything Mystery Science Theater three thousand, this is a decent place to start. So cool, very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with Mystery Science Theater. So another, one, I mean, this show, this episode isn't just benefiting our listeners; it's, it's benefiting, <laughs> it's benefiting me both too. Of us. Yeah, well. Um, Both of us, because I haven't watched Mindhunter yet. And I, <laughs> I still haven't dived into Cobra Kai yet. I'm definitely going to, um, but um, yeah, but yeah, me too. Um, rounding out my top five is uh, an AMC show, but I've watched it on Netflix. Um, that all the seasons were of Breaking Bad um, are on, on Netflix, and I believe they're still on Netflix. And oh, yeah, um, yeah. It, Breaking yeah. Bad is just I can't say enough about Breaking Bad. I, I think it is one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, it, it is Not definitely well. in my top five of favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Brian Cranston's performance along with um, um, Aaron Paul. Is it Aaron Paul? Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Paul's performance too. Um, they, the, in their chemistry and in the way that they just interact and their their interactions. That I mean, it, it even if you're, I mean, I don't think anybody goes into this show like wanting to see like a couple dudes making meth and stuff like that. <laughs> but it, it, it it's it, it's about so much more than that. And um, it, just what this show is is it's very it's very deep it's very dark um but it's also got a lot of humor um and just the, the stakes keep getting built and built as the seasons go along and you're, you're just wondering how long can um brian cranston's character keep up this this life the, this lie basically that yeah. this he's created without getting himself killed without getting his family killed and and and, and affecting others around him and, and you see how you know where he starts and then where he ends and how every all of his actions and his choices affect those around him um and just kind of the tragedy of it and 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 how it all ends up ending up um so 
yeah, I think this is one of the best shows ever made. Yeah, I'm gonna tie uh, tie this back into my X Files stuff. Uh, Vince Gilligan uh, actually did a lot of work with X Files mm-hmm. as well, and uh, watched yep. an episode not too long ago that uh, had uh, it was a Monster of the Week episode, and uh, Tuco was the Monster of the Week. <laughs> I forget the actor's name. Oh, Tuco was there that, you yeah. go, <laughs> Tuco. Um, nice. All right, I'm going to let you go again next. You can give your honorable mentions there, and then I'll round it out. Well, I am going to talk about a couple shows real quick, just in my honorable mentions. Um, and I don't know how long this first one's going to be on Netflix, because, you know, with the rights that Marvel has and everything of these characters is, you know, right, right. Um, going to affect it. But Daredevil... Um, on Netflix is a fantastic show. Um, if you know, I was a big fan of arrow, um, because just of that character and the way that, 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 that show was, I think daredevil is an even better version of arrow where it's, it's a little bit darker. It's, it's gritty. It's, it can be violent. Um, but it's, it's very much like there's this very real feel, um, to daredevil. And um, I think, it, you know, that show had three seasons and I, I think it's just one of the best comic book hero shows that they've done. Um, focusing it's, it's on definitely on one, one character. Yeah. It's in, definitely in, my in favorite. Does. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, it's definitely my favorite no, no, of you're the good. Marvel Netflix shows um, between yeah. the, the number of yeah. them that they did. It's definitely my favorite. Right, because they did like Iron Fist, and they did Luke Cage um, and Jessica Jones, Luke and, Cage uh, and uh, Jessica Jones, and yeah, um, I, I yeah, I think Daredevil is the best of those, and I'd love to see Daredevil show up again in the in the future in some capacity because yeah, this uh, this is a fantastic show. Um, and then one other one I'm going to throw out there is a show called Bodyguard, um, and that show actually has uh, an actor in it that's in Game of Thrones. He plays he played Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, and I, I believe his name is, is Richard Madden. Um, and this show is really interesting. It, it's about um, basically you, you're in this very tense negotiation situation where he's this negotiator, and he's on this like I think it's this train basically where a potential bomb is, and and he's and it, right when you right from the get go you jump into the, it's immediate tension, it's a it's a immediately suspenseful, um, and from this point on he earns this place to be the bodyguard of this very important person um, in in you know in England, I think, or Great Britain or, or what have you. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was the prime minister or some, so, somebody like it. some, again, it's been a couple of years since I've watched it, but it's, you know, somebody important within the ranks um, that he becomes a bodyguard for. And it, it's, it's a really good show. I, it, it caught me by surprise. Like I watched the trailer for it and I was like, Ooh, this looks really good. I'm, and then I started watching it and I immediately got pulled in to it and, you know, it was very engaging. So. Nice. I recommend I, checking out Bodyguard. Nice. All right, so this is where I cheat, and I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, this is actually a category because Netflix is actually really good, and uh, I don't know what this says about me, but I I've talked about this on the show before, but I love true crime, uh, so maybe you know we can you can psychoanalyze me with that one day. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> sure, why not? Ne- Netflix actually Free has... Charge. Okay, great. Uh, Netflix also has a lot of great true crime stuff, and I'm just going to list a, a few of the ones that I've watched, or not a few. Um, this is a healthy list. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have actually rebooted Unsolved Mysteries, uh, you know, the show that we're all familiar with, um, and they did a really good job with that. It's pays some homage to the original uh, without trying to knock it off, you know. Um, but they they kind of, it seems like they kind of release these periodically. Um, no real rhyme or reason that I know of. I could be wrong, but that I know of anyway. Um, but the episodes that they have done are actually really good, uh, so I recommend checking that out. Uh, John Grisham's The Innocent Man, which is kind of based on the book that he wrote. Uh, John Grisham... Um, probably familiar with does a lot of uh courtroom drama novels uh this the innocent man was one of the ones that he did that is actually non-fiction and uh the documentary here kind of chronicles that story in a in a uh, video format so really well done the one that everyone's probably familiar with well one of the two that everyone's probably familiar with is making a murderer uh that's the whole stephen avery thing there's two seasons of that now both pretty good that show changed my life yeah it makes you question a lot of (laughs) stuff (laughs) um yeah the other one that everyone's familiar with is tiger king that does go into uh a lot of true crime (laughs) which (laughs) that show is something (laughs) else man uh that it is bleeping carol baskin (laughs) um (laughs) trials of gabriel fernandez will turn your stomach uh that's um really tragic stuff that happened to a kid in California. Uh, the Keepers uh, is about the murder of a nun. Uh, the Innocence Files is basically what it says, you know, um, proving people's innocence that have been on, you know, in prison for, for the wrong, you know, wrongful convictions, stuff like that. Trial 4 is another wrongful conviction show uh ted bundy tapes is exactly what it sounds like ted bundy in uh, you know interviews on tape uh the confession killer was interesting uh, as basically a guy that confessed to a whole bunch of murders and then there was questions whether or not he actually did that or if the police kind of fed him the information to be able to confess to those evil Hmm. genius actually takes place in our neck of the woods it's actually an eerie pa (laughs) so (laughs) um some interesting stuff there you you go familiar sites and things like that which is kind of weird um so evil genius uh i can't actually say this name of this show on on our podcast without swearing but this is called don't f with cats that's actually the name of the show uh that one is wild (laughs) that one is absolutely crazy uh i don't know how to explain it without giving it away but you know basically a guy posted a video of him doing pretty crazy stuff to cats online and then that upset people and they actually found out that he was doing things in real life to real people and then they helped you know track this guy down basically on social media which is insane um mm-hmm. jeffrey epstein filthy rich is another really uh good documentary uh also makes you kind of question some stuff <laughs> as well um a lot of names get thrown out in that documentary and it really makes you think about stuff uh in a bad way. Um, the American Murder is pretty good as well. It's follows of uh, you know kind of a normal-looking family from Colorado, and um, then it blows up from there. 
the Sons of Sam is uh, one I watched actually pretty recently that goes into cult stuff and then uh, Night Stalker is a serial killer uh, documentary as well. Uh, so that's a long list of true crime stuff, but it's all stuff that I have really enjoyed on Netflix. Netflix is kind of underrated, I think, for what they have in true crime. So. Yeah, I think overall Netflix has a lot of stuff, you know, that um, and some of this stuff will probably keep me busy over the summer. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, of of those true crime ones you mentioned, uh, I've definitely watched Making a Murderer, um, which was fantastic. Um, Tiger King. The Ted Bundy tapes I thought was really interesting. I also left this off, but there's an Aaron Hernandez one as well, and that one was interesting. Also, they go into this, some of the CTE stuff that he may have, may or may not have experienced. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't have, I forgot to put that on the list, but that's uh, if you look up Aaron Hernandez, you'll bring it right to it. I think it's like inside the mind of Aaron Hernandez. So, also a good one. I also have a, I also have a late edition. Actually, I was uh, I received a very important text message from my wife who said that Sydney, our daughter's favorite thing to watch on Netflix and keep in mind that she's four um, is Leap. And it, it's okay. it's a movie about like ballet and dancing. And, oh, and I remember that type of thing. She okay. loves it. Okay. Every time she puts it on, she she does her her dance routine and everything. And, cool. um, you know, so she's she's a big fan of Leap. Well, I'll I'll throw out since we're, since you talked about that, uh, my daughter loves to watch uh, Miraculous, uh, which is like a superhero thing on Netflix. It follows two superheroes, Ladybug and Cat Noir, and uh, there's a lot of seasons of that. So uh, she really enjoys uh, Miraculous. I'll I'll throw out. There's a lot, actually a ton of kids programming on Netflix as well. It's not just yeah, there's mature a lot stuff. Of, there's a ton of yeah. kids program, mm-hmm. programming too. That's actually the other reason that I haven't canceled it yet is because my daughter actually really loves watching a lot of stuff on there. Yep. Yep. So um, with that wrapping up, we actually have three voicemails this week to play. Uh, only two from the wives this week. Uh, so we actually have a third one in there because I don't have we don't have a third wife. Um, <laughs> that would be awkward <laughs> if we did and that got played very show <laughs> but uh we're gonna start off with our friend nick you may know as backyard tardis on twitter and he actually called in not knowing that this was going to be netflix week and he actually called in with netflix uh recommendations so good job nick on your um impression abilities there and uh, we're gonna go ahead and play nick's voicemail Hey, this is Nicholas for the Backyard Tardis, and I've uh, been enjoying your what to watch on different streaming services, and I figured you're going to have Netflix coming up soon. So I thought I'd throw out some that maybe many aren't thinking about. Uh, on Netflix, uh, some good ones are the, um, uh, there's some Transformers cartoons that are actually being done by the people over at Rooster Teeth. Really great stuff. It's animated, but it's it's not it's not the Transformers from your kids. It's real heavy adult stuff. Great series, and on the idea of adult animation, also from Rooster Teeth, Red vs. Blue can be found there on Netflix or on their own streaming app, uh, the Rooster Teeth uh, app. And then lastly, the Lost in Space reboot series 
has been just phenomenal in production value. And so those are just some that I like on Netflix that maybe not everybody else had on their list. Anyways, enjoy the podcast and keep up the good work. Thank you, Nick. Those are good uh, recommendations. I've heard yeah, a lot of great things that. about yeah. Lost in Space. Um, and that actually reminded me. Yeah, I've watched me, some of that one. It's yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Um, that actually reminded me that speaking of animation, they've also done some. Netflix has done some work on uh, Voltron, uh, the show from the '80s, doing some new animation with that. Then also they have the uh, anime Castlevania show, which is really dark but also really well done. Uh, really good stuff. So. Uh, next voicemail we have up is going to be from um, Brittany, so I'll go ahead and play that now. Hey guys, it's Brittany again, Josh's wife. So I wanted to call you and tell you what my favorite things are on Netflix. So my number one favorite show on Netflix is The Crown. It's so good, and I love it. And my second favorite one is Bridgerton. Um... I know it got a lot of hype a couple months ago, but it's legitimately good. Like, I couldn't stop watching it. Can't wait to hear what you guys' favorites are. Bye! Nice. Uh, The Crown is the Queen um, Elizabeth show, right? Yeah. I wanted to chime in on The Crown. Um, It would have made my list... um, but I had a feeling Brittany was going to call in and and, and give that one. And um, honestly... Talk about production value. The crown is where it's at with production value. I mean, this show looks beautiful. Um, it's it's very well done. You know, it, it's not necessarily my normal cup of tea. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, if, if you're a fan, <laughs> but if you're a fan of the royal family and, and all that stuff then it's 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 really it's really good i don't bridgerton i don't know much about that one other than I, i'm pretty sure Brittany thinks the guy on it is is hot or something like that but, you know, you'll have that yes you will all right and the last one we have is from uh my wife so I'll go ahead and play that next this is denise and i'm calling to let you know what i like to watch on netflix some of my uh, favorite ones, um, my most favorite is probably Grey's Anatomy. I love Grey's Anatomy. I've watched it probably oh, three, four times, and I'm always watching that one. Um, Breaking Bad also is another favorite. I've watched that probably three or four times through. Um, I enjoy watching Longmire. Let's see. What else do I like to watch? Uh, Bird Box was another good movie I like. A um, little bit on the scary side. And The American Murder, The Family Next Door was a, a good documentary if you want something suspenseful to check out. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, The Filthy Rich was very interesting. Um, and I enjoyed watching that. And let's see, probably going to end with uh, Tiger King. Tiger King was really funny for me and I laughed a lot through that. Um, So I did enjoy that as well. So those are some of my favorite ones that I enjoy watching on Netflix. Have a good night. 
Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, so you can see I kind of rubbed off on her a little bit with the documentaries that I've had her watch. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good yeah. list, Denise. Um, you know, I know Brittany was also, she's just recently, I think she's still watching Grey's Anatomy again. I, don't, I mean, I, she I, has I somehow managed <laughs> to get through like, me neither. I can't I thought, watch hospital shows really, but she, yeah. I don't know how she has watched like, 17 seasons of this show in like a in less than a year but she somehow <laughs> no, is crazy to isn't do it? it so um <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's nuts <laughs> i feel like like yeah. i leave denise one day watching like a season one and then i come back the next day and she's on like season seven i'm like how did you she's do that on, like season <laughs> five or <something>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you slept yet <laughs> like that is the definition of binge watching yeah yeah Cool. So I think that's a pretty healthy Netflix list. What do you think, Josh? I mean, I'd be surprised if our listeners weren't overwhelmed with a huge <laughs> list of things to watch right now. <laughs> oh, hey. Everyone's got Netflix, right? Or at least someone's login account, so you can get started right now. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. You ready to wrap up this episode? Yes, sir. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you for tuning in to the show once again. We hope you enjoyed this episode about what to watch on Netflix. Uh, remember, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, you should do that. We're on most of those major podcast apps. And if you're on one, like Apple Podcasts, that lets you leave a review please do so we would love to hear what you like about the show what you don't like about the show so we can do something a little bit different for you and uh, that also helps us get out to more and more people so you know we can uh, get more listeners involved in what we're building here what we're doing here with the community and, and, and the show and everything around that uh, we are continuing our watch parties in our discord server uh, we'll be continuing bad batch um we're going to have some Loki stuff coming up this week as well. So we, uh, we might, we'll, we'll see how this works out. shakes out. Um, if Loki episodes kind of keep it around the 40 minute mark and bad batch stays around 20 minutes. We're going to be able to squeeze them all into one night. So but we'll see what happens there, but at least definitely bad batch is coming up again this Thursday, uh, 10 PM Eastern time in our discord server. The link for that is in the show notes and on the website. That website is from a certain point of view.com. Uh, you can find blog articles there. You can send us questions, show topics everywhere. You can uh, you know, contact us and, and, and everything of that nature you can find on our website. You can also find us on the socials. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are both at certain POV pod. Facebook page is from a certain point of view. The email address is certain POV pod at gmail.com. We are hosted by anchor.fm where you can use uh, the anchor app or website to send us a 60 second voicemail, or you can do like uh, Nick, Brittany and Denise did this week and send us a, give us a call on any phone, uh, landline, cell phone, doesn't matter. You can find a, payphone booth somewhere if they still have those and call us from there do they still have those i don't know i hope not <laughs> um but the phone <laughs> no the phone number is 724-901-1783 uh, once again that's 724-901-1783 give us a call let us know what you like watching on netflix or if you have another streaming service that you know we haven't covered yet um 
get us in. We'll save, get that uh, call in, and we'll save the voicemail and play it. Uh, you know, when we cover that streaming service. So uh, give us a call, leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. Check out the Red Five Network at redfivenetwork.com. That is our uh, podcast family uh, on the internet. Tons of great shows on the Red Five Network. We highly encourage you to check them all out, see what they're all doing because it's not just Star Wars. It's anything geeky, fun stuff. Uh, so many great shows, uh, so many different points of view, which we're all about here. Um, so check out the Red Five Network on both uh, redfivenetwork.com and on Twitter at Red Five Network. You can find me on the internet at the Gauze eighty five and uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jedi Jar Jar seventeen twenty two. And thank you all once again for being part of the show, for listening, being here with us. And I'm not sure if you know this or not, but everything we said today was true from a certain point of view.